Hi, and welcome to Driving Leadership. I'm David Foster. I'm Mike Metcalf. And I'm Sean Pete. Today, we want to ask you, why does a leader need to listen? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I was just getting through some emails here. What'd you say? Yeah, can, can you repeat that, Dave? <laughs> Let me let me let me start with one of the quotes that I love to say. Blessed are those who can listen to others and based on irrefutable evidence and logic they can change their minds. And so I'll ask the question again. Why does a leader need to listen? What's the benefit of it? Sean, what can you talk about we have a personal like connection to a story that I think could really set the tone here. You want you want to talk about that? Yeah, we're, we have kind of an interesting spot where we have a young athlete whose father was on the launch pad that day of the Challenger disaster. And, you know, for those of you that, that don't remember that, um, you know, the events leading up to that, there was actually a State of the Union the night before the launch. You know, Reagan comes on TV and, and talks about the importance of the space program. And so there's a lot of pressure on NASA to pull this off. So they go to launch morning. And it's unseasonably cold in Florida. So cold, in fact, that one of the most junior engineers realizes that, okay, they cannot launch because it's not warm enough for the gaskets to fully expand. Now, this is the most junior engineer there, right? The furthest from the top at NASA, furthest from the president's speech the night before. And he throws up the warning flag, hey, we're in big trouble if we do this. And I think everyone knows the story tries to run it up the chain, and somewhere going up the chain, that voice fell silent. They launch, it goes up in, what was it, 11 seconds? Mm -hmm. There's a giant fireball in the sky. Our athlete's father was standing um, four people away from Krista McAuliffe's parents. And remember, mm -hmm. she was the first civilian ever to go into space, school teacher, I think she was from New Hampshire. And he talked about the bewilderment on their face about you know, thinking that, okay, well, there's an escape pod or a parachute or something. And he said it, that look on their face haunts them. And it, it is the prime example of why every voice matters. Because had they listened to that junior ear, excuse me, that junior engineer and not launched the Challenger that day, we wouldn't have lost all those astronauts. But because that voice was not valued enough, we did lose all those astronauts. So that's why it's important. And why, why do you think that voice wasn't listened to? You know, I don't know that it's not that the voice wasn't valued. It's, it's just sometimes leaders just have so much riding on certain, you know, a certain sales platform launching or something like that. It's just that everything else is so loud. They just don't have the capacity to take anything else in. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Sean said, I mean, the president made a speech you're racing against other nations. There's all these first, these milestones that are going to happen. I think, you know, we come, sometimes get blinded, you know, so focused, so laser focused, tunnel vision in on executing, you know, anything else that goes against that, we're like, nope, don't have time for that. You know, we have to do this. We have to get this done. And, and I think it's not so much that you're not listening to anyone else. It's just that you're, you're so focused on what you're doing. I think when you're so focused on the end goal and not focused on how you're going to achieve that goal that's when you can really make mistakes sort of like nasa 
made that mistake of not being able to listen to somebody who had eventually the correct information, right? And so I think as a leader, you want to be able to actually split your attention on the end goal, but also on how you're going to achieve that end goal. Right. But let me ask you this. If, if you know, what do you guys think if, if the senior engineer at NASA would have told that person, you know, the, the main guy, one down from him, hey, we can't launch, it's too cold. Do you think that thing still goes up in the air? I, I don't know that it does. Yeah, I think that's one of the mistakes we make as leaders is that sometimes your position is the amplifier for your voice. Right? This person is so far junior that his voice wasn't amplified. So like Mike said, leader just misses that. Mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. or someone didn't, someone up the chain of command just did not feel comfortable going to someone else and saying, hey, we can't launch. Mm -hmm. right? Didn't that, that voice didn't carry enough weight. So, um, yeah, and that's a hard thing to do, right? Like, how do you, and it's one thing that I've struggled with from day one, how do you make sure that every voice is valued and weighted? You know, like, like, cause a good idea is a good idea, right? So mm -hmm. like, how do you, how do you let someone walk into your team, your company, your business day one and affect the team with a good idea? Or you, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we, we struggle with that a little bit, right? Cause we want to value everyone's voices, but how, how do you put a, a, a first week idea up against a, an idea from someone who's been there 10 years? In my mind, I think that first week idea goes in the hopper, so to speak, of everything based on what the culture of the place is. So if the culture of the place is based on human connection and having the ability to talk about ideas based on their merit and not on their source, that makes it more likely that, you know, as you put it, a first week idea goes up against a, an idea that's been around for a very long time. And that kind of gets to the idea of humility and the absence of ego in a, in a deliberation or a collaboration situation. I think oftentimes, you know, a junior person, especially if they're new, they bring a new perspective and they actually have the ability to see things with a fresh set of eyes and may have a better idea or may have an addition to an idea, but it takes humility for the people receiving that idea, especially if they're senior, to be able to accept it and, and be able to give it weight within the, within the community or within the organization. And that, I don't know much about the NASA disaster, but that seems like that's what was happening is that the culture there didn't really support somebody having a good idea sort of like outside of their station or outside of their influence. I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm kind of stuck and I'm not outside of maybe the top five senior directors on that day. I don't know that anybody was calling that off. I mean, I just think they had their mind. This thing's going up at exactly this time. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, but that's, that's to the point of why leaders need to listen because we tend to be the ones that are the most focused, that are the ones that have to make sure that this launch does occur, right? So, I mean, it's up to us to, to focus in on that. Um, but you think of any crisis, the housing crisis, whatever crisis you want to talk about, there's probably somebody 
that had some kind of conclusion or, you know, a solution or was raving a flag that nobody listened to. So it's up to us. I mean, I think we've got to, you know, when you're when you're senior leader, you're you're in a close knit group of people. You're dealing with the board and senior level people. Um, the further down you go, the more feedback loops you have, right? So you're going to get it. You're getting it from your managers. You're getting it from your peers, whichever which way. Um, and you you don't always get that, you know, as leaders. And so, you know, I think it's opening up those feedback channels and then just opening up communication lines and then having, you know, actual practical processes for people to voice their voice. Yeah, I think you make a really good point because the the listening... I mean, the listening and being heard is almost a biological need of ours, right? We're not, we're not engaged in a community. We don't feel safe and we don't feel valued if we're not heard, right? And we need people to feel safe and be engaged and be creative in a community like a business or, or any kind of organization because those people are doing the thing that needs to be done, right? And you mentioned the, you know, the senior engineers. I don't, I don't think that the senior engineers, if you gave them the problem of the cold weather and the, the gaps in the seals and the danger of that, that they wouldn't be able to figure that out. But the junior person who tried to raise the flag, that may have been all they had to think about in a way, right? That may have, their, their concentration might be in that small area. And so you need to develop a culture and you need to develop the practice as a leader to, to actually hear people because that's the only way you're going to be able to get information about the things that you're not actually doing yourself, right? So if somebody comes to you and says, you know, this is happening during the tire change, you have to be able to hear that and you have to make that person heard even though you're not the one actually physically uh, uh, trying to change the tire. Right. But think of, think of what that ask is. And we just talked about your, your one week person, or I think of a tire changer who, who knows that say a tire isn't tight. Yeah. He's going to come to a fellow teammate or Mike or I, right. He's too terrified to go to the crew chief. And I think the same could be said in a business. Right. Someone who's only been within the company for a year or two. Right. It's really hard to just go into the CEO's office and say, hey, I think this. Right. And, and, and I think that's a that's a tall ask of people. And what I think it it leads to is, is great leadership invites that in. Yes. Right? You have to invite you have to invite listening in order for it to be effective. Right. You yes. can't as a CEO, you can't just say, hey, I'm I'm here to listen to you if uh, you know, if you have any good ideas. No one's coming through that door, or very few people are coming through that door. And it, it is a tall ask, but then being a leader is a tall ask. Absolutely. And so I think, like, as a leader, one of, the, one of the reasons we can say why it's important is because it makes the organization work better. It makes the actual work being done more efficient, more productive, you know, closer to achieving your goals on a daily basis. And as a leader, I think being the example, as we talk about all the time, the leader's the example that people will follow. One of the key things that a leader can do as an example of listening is to be 
open and present with people that you don't necessarily agree with or positions you don't necessarily agree with because that makes it okay within the organization for other people to do the same. And that means ideas can flow more freely and it's less likely that a cold seal tragedy can take place because more people will be listened to. I worked with, uh, we worked at a place for years where the president, the knock was, he only listens to respond. And, you know, that's just the danger of <laughs> what we're talking about. You know, I think we feel this responsibility, which we've talked about, that we always have to have the answers, that we always have to have the plan. We have to be the one that's seeing around corners. And a lot of times we don't even, we're hearing with our ears, but we're not listening, right? And there's a very, mm -hmm. very distinct difference between the two. But I think that's it, you know, just kind of going back to my, my opening point is just, you know, the responsibility that we have seems to override the responsibility of someone else's that may be under us. And, and I think that's, that could be dangerous. I kind of want to judo your point a little bit, though, because if we have the responsibility to do a certain thing, make a target, launch the rocket, change the tires on the car, whatever it is, that's going to be more likely done and done well if everyone is heard. And if you make a culture where, as one of my, one of my youthful influences was a, was a Boston radio DJ who was famous for saying that his entire life was made up of talking and waiting to talk. He was very proud that he didn't listen, <laughs> right? If that's your culture at, at work, you're not going to be able to learn the things that cause problems or cause slowness or keep you away from your goal. And that goes along with this idea of listening to people that you don't agree with because it doesn't serve any purpose to get everybody together in the room and just make sure that everyone agrees and we're all on the same page and okay, great, I have the best idea. That's that's really not going to work. And the, the second part of that for me is, I, I've said this to, to many people, selfishly as a leader, you definitely want to listen to things that you don't agree with. You definitely want to listen to people that don't see things the same way as you do because we're all imperfect. And these people are actually telling you where you could possibly be wrong. And even if... 70, 80, 90% of it is complete shit. That 10% where they make a point, that's the opportunity for you to learn and to get better and to make your team better and to get closer to your goal. You're right. I, I mean, you asked, like, what is the importance of listening? It's important because you don't always have the best idea. It's that simple, mm. right? You, you know, it, 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 it and, and just to kind of go back to a point you made about presence, Presence is the precursor to listening, right? There's nothing worse than, yeah, I can give you, I can spend five minutes with you and you're talking to, to your boss and, you know, he's going or she's going through his, their phone while they're talking to you. That's mm -hmm. not listening. That's, I think that's, 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 a, that's performative at best, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think like actually listening and, and absorbing the idea. I think 
actually being present with someone is becoming a bigger and bigger deal. And, it, and it's more valuable because it, it's less seen now. When you say it's a bigger deal, you mean it's less frequent? Yeah, I, I do. I think that, you know, I can count so many more instances now where I'm in a meeting where someone's, you're mid-sentence and they pull their phone out. And I just, <laughs> it just raises my ire. So I'll, I just dead stop. I just stop talking. Because yeah. you're not going to be listening to and checking Instagram or what, you know what I mean? I might as well just, just leave. But I think, you know, sitting down with someone and being present and like, like Mike said, listening, not listening to respond, listening to understand, you know, I think that's what moves the needle. So I, I actually did, uh, talk to a mental health professional about listening and he had a couple of things to say. And one of them was about exactly what you're talking about, about presence, right. And being able to reflect back to the other person, this gets to the end of, you know, what, how can you listen? What can you do? But if you can reflect back to the other person, your understanding of what they said without judgment, that means that they're heard, right? That means to them, like, okay, I understand my message got through, or actually that's not what I meant exactly. I want to change it. And there's some back and forth and some understanding. And I think I think this idea of email alerts, phone alerts, even when you sit down with somebody and they put their phone in front of them, even if it's face down, I, I meant to look it up, but there's, I remember hearing a, about a study where there's a hormonal change. In other words, if you and I are meeting and you take your phone out and you put it down in front of us and say, I, just in case the babysitter calls or, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not going to look at it, but just the presence of the phone will change me slightly hormonally. And it puts me in a more, you know, fight or flight type of mindset instead of having that eye contact and I'm listening to you and I'm not listening or paying attention to anything else. And we need that for the social connection and we need the social connection to be able to perform together as a group. Wow. That's, that's a real thing. It actually changes your, your physiology. Wow. That's, I always do that because I'm afraid of butt dialing someone. So I don't want to sit on my phone. If I put it beside (laughs) me on the bench, there's no way I'm going to remember it. Um, Wow. That's interesting. My butt's not that talented to be able to dial a phone from inside my pocket. What about if you flip it over to where? Same thing. Same thing? Same thing. Because I know that's the thing people do that to suggest. I'm all yours. I'm here. You're the only thing that matters. Yeah. Right, right. But I think, you know, like, let's have some sympathy for ourselves. It, It is a challenge if you truly listen to somebody. You might say something that's a threat to my identity. You might expose that I'm, I'm not as confident in what I think or that I don't have as much humility or that I'm wrong. I might have to change. I might lose control of something. I might have to face questions that have to do with my value. On top of launching a rocket, I got to listen to you. That's, that's a really, really tall order. But the opposite of not listening is incredibly dangerous and it's incredibly destructive to not only your relationship, but all the relationships in the organization. Yeah. I'm assuming we think that listening is a skill. Uh, is that something that 
we're born with or is that something we have to work on? Gosh, I, I guess it depends what day. <laughs> there are days where, yeah, I got all the time in the world for you. And then there, you start off with some conversations and, you know, like, you're pulling your eyeballs out two hours later. You know, like I, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. I would say that it's a skill, but I think there's a skill on top of that is in how to manage your listening. Because I think Sean's right. Like, if you listen to somebody, sometimes it's just a deluge of unedited, emotional, and dramatic dreck. And that's a really good time to have your therapist's business card in your pocket and hand it over and say, this is something you should consider. But on the other hand, like when if you're in a business meeting or you're talking to somebody that you work with, it takes effort, but you need to figure out how to connect with that person. And the more effort you make over time, I think the more skilled you are to be able to do that. I think the other part of listening that's really critical and, and you know, our remote culture, I know you guys don't change tires remotely, but our remote culture in business makes really difficult is you have to listen to the whole person. We're talking to a college basketball coach the other day who said, frankly, I missed it in recruiting this year. Mm -hmm. Typically, he's going to go to games in person and watch, watch what you're saying. He's going to watch not how many points they score, but what happens when they get taken out of a game or when they throw a great pass and a teammate drops it, you know, that kind of thing. How do they respond when they're on the bench, are they cheering for their teammates, not cheering for teammates, things like that? And, and to your point, it's it's uh, it's looking at the things that go beyond just what you see with the with the eye, or just you know even hear with your ears. Well, and let's be real, like some of these Zoom calls that go on, half the screens are dark, so you literally are just listening to a voice, no social cues, no body language, no no anything. Right. And that that's hard. So you're trying to decipher that you, you're, you're trying to compare it against someone who is present on the screen. And, you, you know, I, I think it's a it's certainly complex when it goes through these computer screens, far more complex than than in person. I think it's a huge advantage, you know, um, I'm not saying it's always easier, um, but it's certainly it's not easier uh, virtually. Yeah, Sean uh, gets pretty aggressive when we get on. <laughs> We get on a call and all the screens are black. It's like, you know, what are we doing here? You know, is it is it just to check a box or are we actually interested in this call, this topic, this time together? Can we be intentional and show some energy and exchange some, you know, in a way that's positive? I had a friend call me the other day. He doesn't do very many Zoom calls and he has a few coming up. And he was incensed that he that he found out that on many zoom calls the zoom screen is quite small and then there's social media or youtube or something else going by on the other part of the screen and people aren't really watching or listening i don't have a solution for that if you're giving a zoom talk a presentation if you're talking to somebody and you watch their eyes flit around, if you can see their eyes, it's it's really difficult. And really your only chance at f- 
forming a connection is to say something like, is there a better time to do this? I like that. I like that. We haven't done that. We did, uh, we did speak to a, <laughs> it was a college up north. I think it was 50 kids. Three video screens were on. And at the end of it, we were like, you three, send us your resume. We're highly impressed with you. And then all these video <laughs> screens, then all these screens start popping on. It's like, no, too late. Too late. This points to like the feeling of being heard. Because when yeah. you're on the Zoom screen and you can see that people have their cameras shut off and you really don't know if they're responding, it gives us a feeling of, well, what the hell am I doing this for? I think that expression of feeling heard is really accurate because it means you're being understood and you're being seen and you're being listened to and that it's okay for you to say whatever it is that you need to say. The opposite of that is, again, quite destructive and not very helpful. And so if you're a leader, I think that getting the cues from the other person about how they're feeling is quite important. And again, people can abuse it and say, all right, I, I need two and a half hours to tell you about my dog. But you need to focus on them long enough to figure out what they're saying and long enough to get the signal back from them that they do actually have that feeling of like, okay, I got my message across. Yeah, it's listening is the physical act that occurs, but the actual transaction is it's a value exchange. It's them knowing that, okay, you know, I took time out of my schedule or I took a risk to communicate to this boss, this leader person, and they took time to listen. That's important. You know, there's a quote that says, what is rewarded is repeated, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are going to go, go back to the Zoom screen, say you're the boss and you have a meeting or you're say you're not the boss you're you're wanting to check in with your team maybe it's the senior team and they're all busy are you going to want to repeat that probably not you know um if you are however uh, a leader and there's a team meeting and no one of your team turns their screen on except for one but you reward that person somehow chances are like sean said that more people are going to turn their screen on the next time I don't know so I, I think it's I think it is up to us to kind of facilitate all right times are a little bit different we're not in person people are distracted there's a billion other things going on in people's minds when we're having these meetings let's reward the people that are showing up and, and listening and, and, and using their voice I mean I think that's a practical thing that we could do to make listening more exciting it, it, there's nothing worse than trying to give energy away into a blank computer screen <laughs> That is so difficult. When people don't turn on their Zoom screen, you know, it's not just, it doesn't just hide a messy apartment. It hides an emotional reaction to news that you're delivering. So that you, you understand, there's almost a recognition that yes, I am listening and I understand what you're saying to me. You have no idea on a, on a blank screen, you just have absolutely no idea how, who's listening and how that information is being received. So for us, blank screens are a non-starter. That, that just, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, blank screens, are, blank screens are really tough. And, you know, one idea is to try to reach those people who refuse to or, or have difficulty engaging to find out, well, basically what their story is. And 
like, look, we all have bad hair days, even you guys. And, you know, there's reasons why you don't want to have that, that video interaction sometimes. There, there is an option to be able to call up and say, is everything all right? Can, can it just be you and I to talk for a minute on Zoom so I can see what's happening? Like, not everybody is as good looking as you guys. Right, right, yeah. We, we have a real shot at winning yeah. a handsome contest, David. I mean, if we, if I can have a mouthful of fake teeth and no hair, if I can go on a Zoom call, I don't think there's anyone has. Yeah, a we're uh, we're, we're built for radio, so. But but you got those fake teeth through, you know, professional effort. <laughs> the losing end of a professional effort, yes. Um. <laughs> if we talk about what leaders can do, I think being fully present is is maybe at the top of the list and shortly thereafter is doing what you can to at least temporarily detach from your ego to give that person a space to say whatever it is they need to say and remember a lot of times when we when we have something to say we haven't quite figured it out until we start to say it and until somebody starts to listen so it may not be it may not be the perfect delivery, so you have to give that person some, some grace. And I think after that, for me at least, is that idea of, you know, effective listening is, is reflecting what somebody says, not just parroting it. Like, as, as Simon Sinek says, if you can parrot what somebody said, congratulations, your ears work. <laughs> but if you can put it in your own words and say, well, I think it seems like you mean this without any judgment, that helps form a bridge between two people. And if you do it as the leader, more and more people will do it in the organization. Your organization will work better. How, how do you approach it? Yeah, I think we approach it with a lot of honesty. You know, I think, um, you know, we've had a couple, we want your ideas, but we'll have a couple guys that'll go on and on and on and on. And I think Part yeah. of it is getting honest with them, being like, hey, we value your ideas, but great ideas are often concise ideas, right? You can, <laughs> the greatest speech ever written was the Gettysburg Address. What is it, 143 words, right? If some yep. of our guys, it would be 10,430 words. You know, it's like, okay, let's, let's, let's get your point in, but let's not make it, let's not go in five circles to, to get there. You know what I mean? Like, and that, those are mm -hmm. for our extreme cases, right? Look, let's, Let's get let's get to the meat of it. Um, but no, it, it's inviting listening. It's telling people your ideas are valued, but giving them an out so that they don't have to come to us, right? But that but letting them know that hey, um, you know, you're valued. Your thoughts matter here, and we want to hear them. Um, and I think uh, I think by doing that, we have a lot of guys that aren't afraid to come up, you know, come up to us with ideas. Would you agree with that, Mike? Yeah, yeah I, would, I would agree with that. And <clears throat> I would say that goes beyond just, you know, the, the guys and girls in our department. It's across the team and then even with, you know, the leadership side, the teams we're working with. I try to challenge myself to ask a good question about what the person is talking about. And so I, so I have to actively be engaged in the conversation so that I can get that good question. And then 
then that, like you said, David, then there's that bridge that's built where you're continuing it. And the idea is going from a whatever that person wanted to talk to instead of a, an I conversation. Now it's an us conversation. And um, I want to I was a, a quote that a, a, a note a, a buddy of mine wrote. He's a business leader here in Charlotte and uh, wrote this the other day to some friends of ours and just said, you know, a society and business move quicker. The more time becomes a luxury. Uh, conversation gets lost in our obsession of speed. Conversation, however, is what drives relationships and creativity. It's dialogue and mutual understanding that lets people grow together and create value. In my opinion, both time and conversation are required to create magic. And I think when we talk about driving leadership, that's what we're talking about. It says drive relationships, drive creativity, create value, create magic, create brilliance. And it only happens in conversations. And it says dialogue, not monologue. <laughs> so a lot of leaders are great at monologue. We're great at giving information out. Not so much at taking in. But it is our conversing with others that allows us to create magic. So I think we've left people with yep. a lot of practical things to think about listening. And... This is such a massive topic and it has such a massive impact on the way business works. Yeah. I don't think this is our last episode on it. Thank you for listening and Wait, we look forward again. to talking to you next week. Okay, oh, yeah, sorry. Wait, I said <laughs> thank right. you for listening and we yeah, look forward right, to talking to you time. next week. Thanks everyone. Thank you guys. <laughs>